Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Monday afternoon. It's like there's something going on in the city. I've driven by some community halls and there's people lined up outside. Some schools, same vibe. I'm kidding. Yes, it's October 16th. Have you voted? Or were you one of the 75,000, including me, who voted in the advance polls? I, what did I hear uh, on Tony's news? We're, we're already seeing an incredible percentage of the electorate coming out to vote. So whatever it is, whether it's because people want to vote out someone, whether it's because people want to ensure the same people are still in office come tomorrow morning, whatever it is, I love it. I love the fact that we have had some... Well, I would say animated, some heated discussion throughout the last month. And people, I think, are thoroughly engaged in this election. And and I've always said, municipal elections, no one really pays much attention to them. And yet they should. This This is the level of government that impacts you the most. But I think people know more about U.S. senators than they do about their own public school trustee. This election, though, changed all that, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens tomorrow. I am going to open up the phone lines at 3.30. If you've had a chance to vote today, maybe you've got some stories from the front line, um, maybe just an opportunity for this, our last day of the election campaign, to share your thoughts, I will definitely open up the phone lines. And I know some of you are going to say, oh, yeah, and you'll really be mad if certain person isn't elected tomorrow. You know, I, I really have no skin in the game. I um, I have admired Marinenci. I have been critical of Marinenci, although uh, some people have never heard that criticism. And and in the end, I'm still going to be a, a citizen of a city that I love, and we'll see what happens tomorrow. There's going to be such great storylines. I'm looking forward to it, whatever, whatever the result is. But this half hour, I want to talk to, well, maybe a certain demographic that has probably been pushed to the side, whether it's at work, whether it's through marketing, whether it's just through businesses. And that certain demographic is once you hit your 60s, after 65, you get this label, senior, which I I mean, I, I know people have to put labels on groups, but... It's always kind of bothered me that uh, the senior citizens, but how our society views seniors, treats seniors, and, and of course I'm more interested in it because I'm getting closer to that age. And I, I know that for a long time, especially in a, a business like I'm in when it comes to marketing commercials, it's always been, eh, you know, who cares about the seniors? You should care about the seniors, not just because you are one, but if you're a business and you're thinking, what group do I, that's untapped out there? It's that group, once they hit 60 and up, they've got a lot of money. They've got a lot of time. They're just looking for the right place to spend it. Thomas Wellner is president and CEO of Rivera. He's a leading owner, operator, investor in this senior living sector and wrote a recent column that I wanted to pick his brain on. Thomas, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Angela. Great to be with you and an exciting day in Calgary. (laughs) It is exciting for sure. Uh, Thomas, what's Rivera? 
Um, Revere, we're a uh, private uh, company that um, owns, operates, and invests in uh, in seniors' uh, housing care and accommodation across Canada, the U.S., and the U.K. And we've been doing that for more than 55 years, and we currently have about 500 properties, either directly or indirectly, and um, we care for and serve about 55,000, as you defined in your opening, uh, seniors across uh, across these markets. I'm trying to find, uh, Tom, I'm trying to find another word for it, but I think my listeners understand when we say seniors what we're referring to. But if, if Rivera's been around for 55 years, is that what you said? Yes. I, I can imagine the, the shift that we have seen in the in that time span as far as how we treat that demographic and how that demographic is really changing the way, well, it's the baby boomers. We know they've changed so much in the, uh, whether it be in uh, your business sector, in any kind of employment. And now I, I, would you agree that they're probably changing the way we look at this age group? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, the just demographically, the the Canadian workers over 65 have grown um, more than 140 percent. Um, over 55 has uh, grown about 67 percent to more than three three and a half million people. Um, we obviously, as a business that's focused on this area, think it's a, it's a great opportunity. And we've gotten involved over the years. Uh, we did a report, uh, a couple of uh, reports actually, in conjunction with Sheridan College here in Ontario um, on independence and choice. And that's where the whole concept of we delved into and, and got um, involved with this concept of ageism. And, and uh, we see it as a very sort of socially tolerated form of prejudice across the country. And... Um, you know, our attitudes and how we all act and behave towards uh, older Canadians and older um, adults uh, is uh, is indeed um, something that we all should be concerned of. How do you define ageism, though? How do, how do we see age, ageism, rather, in Canada? Well, I think it's really, you know, I always use the um, analogy of, uh, how how we would like to be treated ourselves, how we approach people just because they look and act and or are visibly different. Uh, and again, that can be across any set of demographic uh, um, or social concept contexts. I think um, ageism can take many forms, uh, just even how we speak to people if we um, slow our tone down or think that they think slowly that that's not um, not true and it's not not the way they want to be treated or any of us would want to be treated if uh, as we age we're all aging <laughs> yeah no kidding we can't stop that uh, and and even Thomas when we say seniors it, this is a huge demographic if we're saying even if you you used it from 60 plus there is a, a wide range of not just ages, but capabilities, uh, physicality. So I guess that's probably, um, we, we like to label groups, but this is a massive group. And within that group, you're going to have different abilities. Yes, no, undoubtedly. And I think, you know, age is, there's a chronological age and then there's an attitudinal age. Um, you yeah. know, we at, at Rivera have 500 employees that are over the age of 65, um, we have our oldest employee. Uh, we have 
myself, uh, the CEO, but we also have our um, chief elder officer, our, our other uh, CEO, who is uh, Hazel McCallion, who's 96 year, years old, and she is as invigorated today as she was uh, through her various terms as mayor of the city of Mississauga here in Ontario, and she has um, a tremendously um, positive attitude in the way she views life, and certainly that's something that um, as she engages with Rivera as our chief elder officer, and she has many discussions with the residents that we serve every day, um, really brings that out and embodies that. And that's what we really strive to be an inclusive culture that fosters um, values across all ages of employees. Thomas, I want to take a break here because after the break, I want to touch on the fact how businesses may not realize they there's this untapped welfare within that demographic. Thomas Wellner is my guest this half hour. He is president and CEO of Rivera. We're talking about, well, maybe ageism, how businesses have to change their attitudes about aging. We're back after this. We are talking about a demographic, those aged 60 and older, and how businesses probably would do well well to start to focus on them thomas wellner is president and ceo of rivera he uh, joins us this afternoon this half hour rather thomas so give me an idea where you think businesses have been ignoring the that age group and how they actually could benefit if they spent a little bit of time focusing on it uh sure angela the um the first part I would say is, you know, there are the economic opportunities that um, that demographic uh, provides businesses. So certainly adapting products and services and delivery of, of products, uh, it would be one that I would say, and you mentioned that uh, also at the outset. But I think um, some of the things that the private sector can do, and again, most people default to government to come up with policies and and whatnot. But I, I'm really focused on what is it that we as private business can can do. And I think certainly things and and we are walking the talk at Rivera um, where you can adapt um, your HR policies. And I'll give you an example. Um, and one of the things that we uh, we found is uh, standard benefits end at uh, at seventy. And uh, for us to encourage our older workers to be able to make decisions that work for them and work for the business, we actually give seniors the opportunity to serve um, and extended our benefit package for non-union workers uh, to 70 and beyond. And we're working with our union partners to try and offer this um, same benefit to unionized employees over the age of 70. Um, so that would be one another example. Um, Pensions, uh, again, that's another one where I think legislation, which I didn't realize till I came back to Canada to run uh, run Rivera, um, that, you know, legislation restricts companies from offering them after 71. So, again, what we're doing is we're offering cash in lieu of um, pension contributions. So I think those are a couple of examples um, that businesses could do. Um, flexible work policies. Uh, again, I think you alluded to it as well. You have to create the environment so that workers of all ages actually can thrive. And um, again, I think flexible work policies for, uh, you know, we've done certain things for mothers over the years mm-hmm. or um, folks that uh, have different commitments or are going through a particular 
um, period of their life. Uh, it should be the same thing for older adults. Uh, part-time positions can be valuable for the company. They can be valuable for the individual who may or may not um, want to do full-time at that, this juncture of their career, but they have lots to offer. And it's really up to business to get the most out of uh, what each individual can offer. And, and I'm glad you even mentioned for mothers returning to work after having children. We've, we've come a long way in, in making sure maybe they have longer periods of time with their child, mothers and fathers. We've seen changes in parental leave. We've seen work sharing. So all those steps that have been made for that group, it would be just as important to look at those over 60 years old. And, and I wonder how much of this, though, is, is, part of our culture, Thomas. We, we're fed that, oh, you you want to retire by, oh, wouldn't it be great to have Freedom 55? Oh, I can't retire until I'm 65. And there are a lot of people who, at that age in their life, they want to retire from their current job, change jobs. But we've kind of got this mentality that why would you want to work after 65? We, we have to shift that way of thinking, don't we? Oh, absolutely. I think that's very much a... Uh a sort of cultural or mental block that we have. Uh, to me, um, you know, as I get to understand uh, and appreciate how how we all evolve as we go through the aging process, it's it, we all we don't want to just disappear uh, after 65 to go into retirement or whatever the age is. You want to be relevant, and uh, I think that that is. I talk to many many older Canadians. Um, and older Brits, frankly, and older Americans, and it's very consistent across the three geographies that we we operate in uh, and invest in that um, relevance and and contributing, uh, but contributing in a way that um, that's relevant to uh, to each each uh, each person. And I think again, private enterprise can by making jobs more flexible, um, reviewing HR policies uh, annually with various demographics in mind, um, even utilization of technology. There's lots of older adults who really um, engage and want to continuously learn, and the use of technologies across the business can allow um, you know jobs to become easier or less physically taxing. Um, again, we... Uh, We've adapted um, tablets for the documentation of uh, our point of care uh, activities of our frontline teams uh, in our um, long-term care homes across Canada, and it's made it much easier for uh, for the staff to be able to avoid uh, trips walking back and forth down the hall or to a conventional computer. It's just, again, reducing and making it less taxing. Well, you know what, Thomas, uh, good discussion. Thanks so much for your time today. Great. Thank you very much. Thomas Wellner, he's president and CEO of Rivera, and of course talking about how workplaces can change to be more inclusive of anyone who wants to work past 65. But also, as I said off the top, I, I think there's so many different products out there. If you are an entrepreneur and you're thinking of what customer base am I missing here, you can imagine where the needs are going to be. So um, definitely as we see our baby boomers continue to change the way we 
do things, that is going to be a big impact as well. Let's take a break here. 403-974-8255. Have you had a chance to vote today? I mean, if you voted in the advance, great. But I'm, I'm just curious, uh, how did the experience go? Was it really busy where you were at? Um, any of the questions that you may have when it comes to who's allowed to vote? Let's uh, do a little election talk because it's going to be our last day. Until we find out the results for tomorrow, 403-974-8255. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today.